Hey everyone, and welcome to Jace's Movies Podcast. I'm Jace, a geeky fangirl who shares my decades of knowledge and love for the movies. So let's delve into the entire cinematic experience, history, and more. Grab your popcorn or a snack, and let's start the show. Series on Disney Plus, Season 1, Episode 3, titled Lamentis. Which to lament means to mourn, to regret, to feel sorrowful. And I do think that shows up in this episode a little bit. The opening song is Demons by Haley Kiyoko, which I found on tunefine.com. And it is kind of perfect with what's going on with this episode. So it starts off with Sylvie, who I think could either be Lady Loki or Enchantress or a different version of Loki himself from the multiverse. We're not really sure. I know it shows quite a few different things in the episode and there are a lot of different theories out there. But I want to give props to Sophia DiMartino who plays the character and she is amazing. I love how she can go toe-to-toe with Tom Hiddleston. But the episode opens up with Sylvie and C-20, whose last name is Hunter, at a bar. And they seem to almost be time jumping as they're talking and drinking margaritas. And we find out it's all in C-20's brain as Sylvie has tried to go in there to ask about the timekeepers. Sylvie's able to get into the TVA as most guards are exiting to the timeline chaos that she created when she set off all of those different charges there in 2050 at the Rocks Cart, which is also another reference to Iron Man. Uh, That brand was seen a lot in those movies. Now she tries to control a guard and she finds out the hard way, just like Loki did, that magic doesn't work in the TVA. However, she is definitely a kick-ass fighter. And as we see in the rest of this episode, she's definitely better at the hand-to-hand combat than our Tesseract Loki. But Loki was able to follow her a little bit behind, and he grabs his knives out of the locker that the previous hunter had taken away from him and put in her locker. And we know he's taken a time portal and that they have battery power, which is kind of hilarious considering that the TVA is so technology advanced. I mean, come on now. Wouldn't it have a longer battery life? That just seems so odd. We see that they end up transferring themselves to Lamentus 1 in 2077. Now that's a Cree planet that's toward the outer rim of their territory. It was mentioned in the comic Annihilation Conquest Protologue number one. And it's their apocalypse event where the moon is crashing into the planet. Now, Sylvie also figures out she can't enchant Loki. Well, of course, he says it's because he's so mindful and his brain is strong. But I think, wondering, I think it might be because they can't really use magic on each other since if they are the same person in different multiverses maybe they can't use their power on each other either way maybe we'll find out maybe we won't but we know that neither trust the other 
And it makes total sense because they're both scheming tricksters. They have definitely the Loki personality, which is independent, authority, and style. Now, the mining town that they run into almost looks a little bit like the rundown nowhere city from Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Lots of metal, lots of neon signs, and it's kind of a weird mixture of technology and like junk left over. Now, there's an apocalypse arc that they're trying to get onto out of the planet. It's a transport vessel, and there's only tickets headed to the wealthy. Now, in that movie, 2012, it's interesting, too, because they called their ships the Arcs. And they also only allowed the wealthy to be on their ships. And it seems that all throughout history, scholars have debated as to who and what would be saved for such an event. Just like Noah's Ark as well, when he saved two of each animal, but then chose not to save anybody other than his own family. Uh, But when it all comes down to it, whether it's old society or new society or future society, they all seem to be pretty crappy at treating people during these apocalypse events. Now, Loki can't go backwards on a train. Does he get sick? I mean, he probably can't get motion sickness, but it seems weird. And I tried to look it up, but I couldn't really find another reference to Loki being on a train. Now... They also talk about how Sylvie can't sleep around Loki because she doesn't trust him. But we saw in a previous episode that Loki slept with Mobius at his desk. So I wonder if Loki trusts him or maybe Loki doesn't care. He's going to protect himself regardless and get a nap in when he can. We also learned that Sylvie was adopted and her parents told her she was adopted. But now I'm kind of wondering too with this multiverse of Loki's. Are all of them adopted? Like, is that their base story? It is kind of interesting. Loki tells of his mother, Frigga, who loves him and believed in him and taught him magic, which she was raised by witches. So, of course, she taught him some magic. And, assumably, because Odin kept Thor busy with other activities, that's why Frigga took Loki under her wing and raised him completely as her own. And they talk about love, though I honestly think neither one of them really experienced it. And they kind of hinted about that as well, which is really sad. Uh, Loki says love is a dagger. Um, Now, both have also had a bit of both in their relationships. So I really don't care who they're having sex with. But it's interesting to also kind of see in her speaking about how it was a means to an end is that... Because they're not fully letting themselves be vulnerable around somebody, you can't fully fall in love either. They probably were using the affection of somebody else or enchanting someone or just using them for physical needs. Now, it's cute to see that Loki throws down his glass cup, shattering it, and yells, Another! Which is a huge Viking tradition, just like Thor did in his movie Thor. Now, one thing that also talks about Sylvie being an enchantress is because she says she enchanted a postman and that was the longest relationship she ever had. Now there's also thing with the name Sylvie Lushton 
which was the second enchantress in the comics known for seducing men. She's got blonde hair. She had green magic. And in some comics, she was the lover of Loki. In Dark Reign, Young Avengers number one. However, in Lady Loki, with that character being in the comics, there's different versions that Loki created Lady Loki and that she was more of a daughter figure. Another one is that they, I don't know, I want to say the soul or the personality was reborn after Ragnarok and turned into Lady Loki. So that would be a multiverse, I guess, version. Either way, I'm not really sure, but I know when they show her paperwork in the TVA, her name is Sylvie Laufeyson, which shows that she was Laufey's daughter. So if anything, she is a sister to Loki or, like I said, Loki's personality in a different multiverse that happens to be a female. I don't know why everybody's all wrapped up on this female male thing. I mean, Into the Spider-Verse had Gwen Stacy being Spider-Woman. So I don't understand why there can't be a female version of Loki without there being this big controversy. But maybe it's because I'm a girl and girls rock. Maybe somebody's jealous out there. So we learned that the temp pad is destroyed when Loki is thrown from the train after they're all fighting. Now, I happen to love the song that he sang. And of course, there is no other subtitles or captions for this song that he sings because it says he sings in Asgardian, which is kind of crappy. I mean, at least sing in Finnish or Icelandic or Swedish, you know, another language that can be translated so we can figure out the rest of this song. But the song to me is kind of sad as well, even though he sings it very happily. He sings... She sings, when she sings, she sings him home, which sounds to me like a love song. So that the only time she sings is she sings to him to come home. Very cute. And I wish I knew what the rest of those verses were. But Sylvia and Loki discover that all who work in the TVA were not created by the timekeepers, but are variants with clouded minds, as Sylvie says, which means they almost have no memory of the past before the TVA. And maybe that's why the TVA sees them as so expendable. I mean, they don't care how many people have died on these missions or how many Lady Loki really destroyed during all of her years for this plan. And it also, to me, makes total sense with Mobius's actions. I mean, he's not Mr. Play by the Book. So if the TVA had really created all these workers, you think they would be like in line and, and straight and not really have opinions. They're doing the one thing and that's what they were told to do. So that totally makes sense as to they were all human to begin with. And that's why the TVA is all humans and not any other creature from any other planet. They end up trying to run to the city to go see if they can get on the Ark. The Ark explodes and they are stuck on the planet. Now, the one thing else I was thinking is that Loki stole the time stone or a time stone from that death drawer. I mean, we didn't see it put it back. And we know that Loki is really good at close-up hand magic. 
as Scott would say from Ant-Man, that he is definitely very good with pickpocketing and grabbing things and then hiding them. I mean, he held the temp pad, he said, in his heart, which is kind of crazy, but with his magic, he can probably put that thing, you know, anywhere. But for this episode, I want to send out a shout-out and a thank you to Beckett.com for some of the comic book references and accuracy that we had here. They were definitely a great resource when you're looking up more Marvel action comics as there is so much out there, which is why there is so much diversion in the speculation and the guessing as to who Sylvia is or who even the timekeepers are, or as we know, there's a lot of times a twist at the end with something just kind of hidden behind. But I do like that we get to definitely see more of Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I know he's such a beloved character. And I like that we can see his fun-loving side. And that he's definitely happy. He definitely does not have the memory of anybody dying from Ragnarok or Infinity War or Endgame or any of that. Because he hadn't actually lived it. So he's still a little young, still a little cocky. Still Loki. Well, that's the end. Roll credits. Thank you for joining me on this podcast, and be sure to follow Jace's Movies for more. I want to thank Google, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and more for some of the detailed facts mentioned in this podcast, though most of it comes directly from my crazy fangirl brain. Let me know of anything I might have missed, anything you'd like to discuss or have expanded. You can email me at jacesmovies at gmail.com or follow Jace's Movies on Instagram and Facebook. I hope you enjoyed this show and we'll see you at the movies.